as one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. And to the republic for which it stands. The Democratic National Committee is located in the Watergate office building. The burglars forced a stairwell door, then taped its latch open. Well, I'm not a crook. I shall resign the presidency effective at noon tomorrow. One nation under God. This is as close as we can get to the base of the World Trade Center. And you can see the two towers, a huge explosion now raining debris on all of us. We better get out of the way. Good Lord, there are no words. Indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Title IX, the landmark civil rights law. It marked a watershed moment for women's rights when it passed in 1972. And the Supreme Court has overturned Roe v. Wade. Legal Anatomy of Current Events, preparing for launch. Legal Anatomy of Current Events, launch sequence started. D-16, IU green to go, propellants pressurized. T-minus 15, legal anatomy of current events. SC ready and green to go. T-minus 14, FOS ready, green to go. T-minus 12, S1C fuel tank pressurized. T-minus 11, SC green to go. Legal anatomy of current events, green to go. T-minus 10, internal power, green to go. LES ready for ignition. T-minus 9, 8, 7, we have ignition. Five, four, commit for launch. Green, three, two, one. We have liftoff. Repeat, we have liftoff. Legal anatomy of current events, all for you. Now on the air, target locked. Good morning, America. Welcome. I'm Gary Bell, the law firm of Bell & Pollock. This is Legal Anatomy of Current Events. Welcome to this show. We give you this show every week to bring you up to date and give you the legal breakdown of current events in our country. We're glad to do it. Today, we're talking about abortion pills and abortion yeah, even though we cover controversial subjects, we do it in a non-biased, non-partisan format. We want to give you the legal information that you need or want so that you can make up your own mind. What the heck is going on in this country about abortion and abortion pills? thought we had most of this resolved until we had the Dobbs decision overruling, overturning Roe v. Wade. You know about that. We know about abortion. So what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about the legal why. That's what we do on Legal Anatomy of Current Events. We talk about the legal why or whys. What are we doing? Why are we doing it? Why is going? Why is this going on? All right, so we're going to get a little procedural history first and uh, give you, bring you up to date. We all know about the Dobbs decision, right? We all know what happened with the United States Supreme Court on Dobbs. They overturned Roe v. Wade. In essence, they basically said, long decision, basically said there's no federal law, federal guarantee on the right of abortion. That's gone. But they also said at the same time that it's up to the states. It's up to the states. That becomes critical. We all know the fights. I'm not going to repeat all the fights in the red states and the blue states and the in-between states and the purple states and what's going to pass and what's not going to pass and who's railing against somebody else on the other side. What we are going to cover is the legal anatomy, the legal breakdown. We're going to anatomize your mind on abortion. You'll understand what the fight is all about. Because we hear on the news, this fight, that fight, 
So the Dobbs decision, and I, I rarely quote on this show. I don't like to quote, but I'm going to give you a small quote. So bear with me out of the Dobbs decision. One of the justices said, right, quote, states that readily allow abortion may continue to do so. Hang on to that. States that readily allow abortion may continue to do so. And further, quote, and that all states may evaluate the competing interests and decide how to address this consequential issue, end quote. Excuse me. So what happened was the Supreme Court said it's up to the states. We're not going to have a federal law. We're not going to have a federal mandate anymore. It's going to be up to the states. It's up to your state. It's up to your state in Maine, California, Florida, Kansas, Nebraska, Colorado, Texas, whatever your state decides. That seems pretty simple, right? That was a quote right out of Dobbs. That was Justice Kavanaugh uh, on a concurring opinion. And so uh, it left then. It removed the federal protection, the federal guarantee of abortion under the United States Constitution, which they said in in the Dobbs case that there was no basis to have Roe v. Wade, um, but they couldn't provide much of a basis to change it. But they changed it. So that's the law. Then what is the heck is happening with abortion? I mean, can you travel somewhere? Can you, I mean, can, can you get in your car right now and go from Maine to Vermont? And you're saying, Gary, you must be crazy. Of course I can. Well, can you go from Georgia to Alabama? Of course I can. North Dakota to South Dakota? Of course. What are we talking about? Why are you bringing this up? Well, can you travel from a state that has its own rights, from a state, right, that has, does not allow abortion, outlaws abortion, or restricts it? You're past the restrictions. Can you go from that state to another state to, quote, enjoy the privileges and immunities and rights of that new state? Can you travel? Can you drive your car to do it? Can you fly to do it? What gives you the right to go from one state to the next? Think about that. We have all grown up. Well, I'm just going to go on vacation. I'm going to go on vacation to Yellowstone this year. Wow. What gives you the right to go up there? What gives you the right to go to California? All right, so under the Constitution, I'm not going to get too detailed, but under the Constitution, the 14th Amendment says, and we're going to come back to abortion in just a minute, the 14th Amendment says no state shall make, no state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of the citizens of the United States, nor shall any state pass any law that affects your life, liberty, liberty, or property. So they they then invented... Out of the Constitution, those words, the right to travel. What do you do when you have the right to travel? Now, we're going to get back to the abortion pill in a minute. Can you go travel to a state? Can you travel to a state that allows abortion to get the abortion pill? Can you get it in the mail? Can you travel? The United States Constitution says you have the right to travel. No state can impair your right of liberty, life, or property. Liberty meaning you have the right to travel. The word travel wasn't in the United States Constitution. It's not in the Constitution, but it sure is relevant now. Can you travel to get an abortion? And, and what about it? Now, I'm going to give you another example. It's, it's a little off topic, okay, but it's on topic. So h- hang with me here, right? If, if, if you want to get a, a divorce and you don't want to wait, you know, you go into some states, you have to wait 90 days. You have to be there 90 days to get a divorce. You know, in the magical legal words, have you been in the state of X, Y, Z, like Colorado? Have you been in the state of Colorado for 90 days next preceding? the submission and petition for a divorce. Meaning, have you been here 90 days? But what you go, to, you go to Nevada, and there's no waiting period. You get a divorce right away, correct? There's no waiting period for marriages. People go to, go to Nevada, uh, gamble, have a few drinks, and get married all the time. 
So what about this interstate travel? If you can travel to Nevada, but then you have to comply with their local laws. You have the liberty to travel. So do you have the liberty to travel to another state to get an abortion or to get an abortion pill? So they call it, all the, all the scholars call it a procedural abortion, meaning uh, an infacility abortion, basically, versus a, an abortion pill. So what's the fight all about? All right, here we go. So uh, in about 2000, the FDA, the Federal uh, Drug Administration, uh, passed approval of mefepristine. That's the abortion pill, mefepristine, and been using it for 20 years. Now we got all this floodgates open by Dobbs saying it's up to the states. So then it's up to the states. Remember that that's the highest court in the, in the country. We're talking about the legal anatomy of abortion pills and abortions. So then in November, a lawsuit was filed, right? We'll call them the Alliance people. They got a long name, lots of names, pro-life people. In Texas, Alliance filed a lawsuit in November. And on April 7th, the Texas judge decided that he, he was going to issue a nationwide ban, nationwide, every state. Think about that. Every state, a nationwide ban against abortions and abortion pills, abortion pills because the allegation was, the claim was that the FDA in 2000, the Federal Drug Administration in 2000, didn't follow proper procedure and protocol. Wow. Didn't follow proper procedure and protocol 23 years ago to approve mufepristone, the abortion pill, and therefore it should be banned because they didn't follow the right procedure. So see, the attack, legal attack, wasn't on whether you can have an abortion or not. The legal attack was on the procedure followed in the beginning, in Genesis, in the beginning, 2000, when the abortion pill was approved, right? The fight, the fight is under two contrasting, they say, contrasting rules and regulations. So I'm not going to get too detailed here, but you got to understand the legal breakdown. You got to understand the why. So the first why I'm going to ask you, you answer this question for me. If the United States Supreme Court issued a decision in Dobbs that said it's up to the states to determine if you can have an abortion, a procedural abortion, abortion by pill or any abortion, it's up to the states. And then we have a Texas judge that says, I'm going to issue a nationwide ban against every state. So that applies against states that say their abortion is not allowed. And that applies against states that say abortion is allowed. I'm going to apply a nationwide ban against all abortions by pill because the proper procedures were not followed 20 years ago. Forget that the statute of limitations already expired, right? So now, now, now I know you're with me. The Colorado, I mean, the United States Supreme Court has said it's up to the states. The Texas judge says it's a nationwide ban. I don't care about the states. So then, as you know, here, here come the lawyers. Here come all the states. Here come 253 members of Congress that file their own lawsuits, their own lawsuits. And incredibly, within less than a day after the Texas judge issues his ruling saying there's a nationwide ban on abortion pills, a judge in the state of Washington issued a ruling blocking and in fact mandating that the FDA continue to provide abortion pills and to continue to give approval for abortion pills. So what's the legal anatomy of all that? We're going to anatomize your mind. You've got a judge in Texas saying there's a nationwide ban, every state. You got a judge in Washington within a day, within the within a day of each other, saying the FDA issued the rules and regulations. The FDA approved mufepristone, and therefore the abortion pill is still legal and continuing. What do you do? <laughs> what do you do in a at a clinic in Colorado? What do you do in a clinic in uh, any state that approves it? 
What do you do with a clinic in California? I know one thing. I wouldn't want to be their attorneys trying to interpret that, but let's go on, all right? Because now we're talking about the abortion pill, the legal why. That's what we cover on the show, the legal why. Why can a judge issue a nationwide ban? Why, right? And so, so now you've got two conflicting opinions. So where does it go? It goes on appeal to the Fifth Circuit in New Orleans. And this is another fight, another legal basis, another legal anatomy, the Fifth Circuit. So the Fifth Circuit finally said, okay, we're going to we're going to look at this, and basically they said we don't have to see any evidence that the FDA improperly approved this drug 23 years ago, and we're not going to buy into the to the Judge Thomas Rice's decision in the state of Washington 100 percent. So they got on the fence. That's a legal term. You get it on the fence, you approve part of it, you disapprove part of it. So they said the pill the pill can continue. And that the current FDA rules must remain in a place, in place, excuse me. But then, then the Fifth Circuit said, we're going to reduce and restrict the use from 10 weeks into pregnancy to seven weeks. Where'd that come from? What about that? Nobody brought that up. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals said, we're going to reduce it. We're going to change it from 10 weeks. You can use the pill for seven weeks, up to seven weeks of pregnancy, but not for 10 weeks, as was originally intended in 2000. You're still with me. We got the Texas judge. Nationwide ban. We got the Washington judge saying the ban's not in effect. You can use it just as as you always have been able to. You can travel. You can get it by mail. And then the Fifth Circuit in New Orleans said no, you can't get it by mail. But everything else pretty much is is in uh, status quo. And of course, everybody went to the United States Supreme Court because that's where you go. Now, the interesting thing about the United States Supreme Court legally is that basically one justice is assigned to each district each circuit. Like there's one justice assigned to the Ninth Circuit in San Francisco. So if something comes up in the Ninth Circuit, that judge has a right to issue an order. It's just like a one-page order, half-page order, staying the whole thing until until there's further hearings or briefing. That's exactly what happened. Justice Alito stayed the entire situation until there's more briefing done, sent it back to the Fifth Circuit in New Orleans, and there's going to be oral argument on the May 17th. There's going to be oral argument on May 17th. So what does all this mean? Well, it means the decision by the by the Fifth Circuit pretty much stands that the Texas judge could not issue a nationwide ban and that the Washington judge cannot pretty much have his way with sending out the abortion pill by mail. So May 17th is the magical date. What is this fight really about? Okay, I'm going to get a little technical with you, but then I'm going to get untechnical and explain it to you because that's what we do on Legal Anatomy of Current Events. We give you the breakdown. Nonpartisan, non-biased, give you the information. What is this fight all about legally? Okay, you're, you're going to identify with this because it's a bunch of legal regulations, but subpart H, H, like hotel, said that the FDA, and I'm boiling, I'm boiling about 20 pages of regulations down to one sentence, said that the FDA can accelerate the approval of a drug if there's a serious illness or condition. So the people that filed the lawsuit in Texas said, abortion's not a serious illness or condition. Therefore, none of it could be accelerated. Therefore, since it's not a serious illness or, or condition, and they use subpart H, which says they can accelerate approval for a serious illness or condition, since they use subpart H, it's void. That's the argument. That's the legal breakdown. That's legal anatomy as at its finest right there for you. Subpart H. Think for a minute. COVID. Think accelerated approved, approved drugs for a serious illness or condition. COVID, right? That was a serious illness or condition. And did they accelerate those approvals of those drugs? They sure did. 
And they they came out and they had all these these uh, shots and inoculations and vaccinations on an accelerated basis under subpart H. Well, you say, well, Gary, that sounds like they win. If the FDA approved the abortion pill under subpart H, there was no reason for an accelerated anything. There was no reason for accelerated approval. And it looks like they didn't comply with their own rules. So the argument on the other side by 17 attorney generals in this country, 17 of them, and the argument on the other side by 253 members of the Congress, our United States Congress filed a lawsuit. Their argument is subpart H was never used. Their argument is 505 and 355 were used with a full hearing back in 2000 and later, 2008, that a full hearing was held and a and presentation was made by the scientists. I mean, listen, you have doctors, you have scientists, you have physicists, you have chemists, you have, um, you know, pediatricians testifying and studies and clinical studies. And so they've got all the clinical studies. And they said, your argument that it was done under subpart H for an accelerated approval, it doesn't work because it wasn't. It was done under 355 with full investigation. All right, now, all right, we're, making, we're giving you the information to make up your mind. That's the fight. That's the fight before the United States Supreme Court and the backdrop, right? The backdrop of all of this is the United States Supreme Court said in Dodge, Dodge, Dobbs that every state can make up their own mind. Abortions are up to the state. Well, if you have a state like Colorado that approves abortion, they approve the abortion pill. They approve the procedural abortion in the face of a nationwide ban by the Texas judge. So I've given you the breakdown. The fight is subpart H versus 505 or 355 and the other rules and regs that say there was a full, complete investigation into the drug, Mufflepressol, and it can, be, it can be marketed and it can be sent and people can use it. It's safe to use. Whether you like it or not, it's a different matter. That's a political matter. It's safe to use. I, I think I said Mufflepressol. I meant Mufflepristine. Misoprestol is another drug that's used in connection, in connection with Mufflepristine, uh, and it gets kind of graphic, and I won't go into that. But the two drugs are used to induce an abortion, right? So where are we here? We're having a huge fight, and it's going to go to the Supreme Court. Why is it going to go to the Supreme Court? Because the Fifth Circuit in, in New Orleans already tipped their hand. In their first ruling, they basically said, well, we just, we just can't figure out how this, can be, how this can be marketed, how it can be sold, these abortion pills, because we, we found something in the archives called the Comstock Act, C-O-M-S-T-O-C-K. Comstock Act. I think it was in 1870-something. Never used. And the Comstock Act says you can't send pornographic material through the, uh, through the internet, or uh, not the internet, but through interstate commerce, and you can't provide abortion if it's illegal. So they seized on that. They said the Comstock Act says you can't do it if it's illegal. But what if it's legal in the state you're at? Then the Comstock Act doesn't apply because it says you just can't distribute it if it's illegal. Well, if it's not illegal and it's legal in the state that you are, then it doesn't violate the Comstock Act. Do you see how, how the legal analysis get, becomes very, very complicated and detailed? Very t- complicated. We're talking about subpart H. We're talking about regulations, many of them, and rules and regulations. And was there a scientific investigation by the FDA in 2000? And, and one of the justices on the Supreme Court's already tipped his hand by saying, you know, this pill was being distributed and used throughout the United States through three different presidencies. In essence, saying, what's, what's wrong with it? Why are we not using it? Another part of the argument, uh, legal argument on behalf of the 
people that want to distribute the abortion pill is they said this was subject to what's called a, a RIMS, R-E-M-S, RIMS. And that stands for Risk Evaluation and Mitigation Strategy. And since it was subject to our entire detailed procedure called RIMS, R-E-M-S, Risk Evaluation and Mitigation Strategy, then that proves it was safe, and that proves the proper procedures were used by the FDA way back when, when they approved the abortion pill. So now where are we? Well, I'll tell you what I think. In this legal anatomy show, i tell you what I think. I think the Supreme Court put itself in a box, and I think we're going to see it soon. Because no matter what the Fifth Circuit in New Orleans decides, it's going to the United States Supreme Court. And they've got to confront, think about this legal breakdown. They've got to confront their decision where they said states can do pretty much what they want. They can evaluate and legislate. They can allow abortion. And then they're going to be hit with this abortion pill argument. Do you see? It's a convenient way to try to get around the fact that states can, can handle their own abortion rules, abortion laws, by saying there was no science to back up the abortion pill to begin with. So the proponents are trying to say, ah, we're really not talking about right to abortion or no right to abortion. We're talking about it's not a safe product. And they, didn't, they went under subpart H, which was an accelerated approval of a drug for a condition or an illness, and they say, Abortion is not a condition or illness, and they say, therefore, the proper procedures were not followed, and they say, therefore, you can't do it because it was never determined to be safe. And the other side says the proper procedures were followed. There was full hearing, full science, full testimony, full investigation, full testing with clinical trials. And the Supreme Court is going to have to live with their decision in Dobbs and where they said the states can do what they want. So what are they going to do with the abortion pill in a state that allows abortion, Right. And was there properly, properly RIMS? Was there properly risk evaluation and mitigation strategy? That's the legal why. I've given you the legal whys today on the abortion pill. And I'm sure, I'm sure sometime soon, we're going to have the oral argument on May 17th in Fifth Circuit, New Orleans. I'm sure we're going to do a sidebar update and review on this. But right now, as it stands, the abortion pill can be used. You can't really get it by mail. If you go on the internet, you'll see people are trying to get around it. People are trying to get around it. And then what does the right to travel that I have brought up? One of the, one of the people talked about travel. Yeah, we have the right to travel, um, but I can't afford to drive across five states. I'm a very, I'm a single mom, and I can't afford any more children, and I can't drive across five states to get an abortion. I need it mailed to me. So it's going. It's going to the United States Supreme Court. And let's see what they do with Dobbs, where they said all the states can do what they want. Now we got an abortion pill approved by the FDA. And we'll see what they, do, what they do with the briefs and who else enters their appearance. Remember I told you, and Brad told you once before, that on controversial issues, people can file briefs with a court called Friends of the Court. It's called Amicus Curi, meaning Friends of the Court, meaning a group that's not even part of the lawsuit can file a brief. And in this one, somebody did. It was the NAACP. They're not part of the lawsuit, but they filed a brief, Friend of the Court. So I'm sure we're going to have about, I don't know, 10, 20, 25, 30 Friends of the Court brief before this thing is done. All right, Legal Anatomy of Current Events, Gary Bell, Brad Pollock. Our law firm is Bell and Pollock. We're out of Denver, Colorado. We, we love bringing this show to you. We love giving you the legal breakdown of these very controversial issues. I hope you stayed with me today. It's, it's, it's not going to be over with. We're going to have a sidebar review and update, I'm sure, on this, on this case. I'm sure on these laws because we have these conflicting regulations, basically conflicting. And which one is right? Did they do it on an accelerated basis? or not. Subpart H, 
or Rule 355 and 505? Which one? What do they do? 21 CFR Code of Federal Regulations 314, a bunch of legal mumbo-jumbo. I hope you enjoyed today's show. You can reach us anytime at Legal Anatomy of Current Events. You can do it at info at legalanatomy.net. Info at legalanatomy.net. If you want to reach us by email, also, we're at to the part of the show where we're going to give you a quote, and we're going to give you an American idiom, right? American idiom. I love those things because they, they're, they're so entertaining. Um, what does it mean for an American idiom? What does it mean when you hit the nail right on the head? What is that? Where'd that come from? Right? You hit the nail right on the head. And we covered last week, you know, they, they, were, they were a dime a dozen. So hit the nail right on the head. Did we hit the nail on the head today? I think so. We covered a very complicated abortion pill situation and tried to break it down for you. And today's quote is going to come from Alfred North Whitehead. You know, I have this saying in my life, sometimes I say, less is more. Well, he, this quote is, less is more. Less is more. Here's the quote. Here it is. Quote, every really new idea looks crazy at first. End quote. Every really new idea looks crazy at first. Okay, if you've got any comments, contact us. Gary Bell, Brad Pollock. Our law firm is Bell & Pollock. We're out of Denver, Colorado. For Legal Anatomy of Current Events, we will see you next week.